Uh, today, we're going to be talking about intentional ways that both Nick and I go about creating a stressful environment for ourselves to promote our growth and our wellness. Our next generation needs us now more than ever to show them what it means to live a happy, healthy, wholehearted life. Balance Period is here to equip you with the tools you need to incrementally improve your quality of life and be the best example possible for our next generation. Let's learn and grow together. Welcome to episode 159 of the Balance Period Podcast, the show where we equip you with the tools you need to more mindfully manage your energy so you can feel good, function at your best, and lead by example. I'm one of your hosts, Raymond Ashiel, aka Recovery Ray. And the bald sage. All right. So we're going to start off today's episode like normal with a mindful moment. We are going to do two rounds of balanced breathing together. This is that equal amount of time that we spend inhaling and equal amount of time that we spend exhaling. It's going to be six second in, six second out. Once we are done going through those two rounds, I'm going to hand it over to Nick. He's going to guide us through a brief awareness exercise. So remember, your posture is important here. Act as if you have a string attached to the top of your head, gently pulling you upward. And I'm going to count us down three, two, one, and get started. Three, two, one. Inhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Inhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Continue to breathe at your normal breathing pattern. Now take a few moments or a few breaths and notice the sensation of air entering in through your nose or your mouth into your lungs making your lungs expand. Hold it for a brief moment and notice what it's like to release this air. Feel your lungs contract. Feel it shooting out your nose or your mouth. And notice the space in which your body goes to at the end of each breath. Be here for a few moments. Dope. Rather their clothes, slowly begin to move them open or blink them open. <laughs> thank you all for joining us today for this mindful moment. All right. Yeah, thank you for that awareness exercise there, Nick. Man, just that process of practicing mindfulness, right? Paying attention to the present moment on purpose without judgment and doing so in a way that connects you to your body. As we talk about, it's so important not just to do it when you listen to the show, but also just to prioritize time throughout your day to check in with yourself so that you can more effectively give yourself what you need when you need it. So thank you. Yes. Once again, Nick, for that awareness practice. All right. So now it's time to learn how you can support balance period. So to start, you can visit our YouTube channel there. We post every episode of the podcast along with some clips of some of the poignant points that we make throughout the show. So when you're there, be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the videos that you watch of ours if you like them. And be sure to leave any comments or questions that you have for us in the comments section. Next is joining our Patreon community. 
So there we offer exclusive content that we post on a weekly basis that's designed to help you continue to develop your sustainable self-care system. The community was created to increase your level of accountability as you go along this journey of consistently investing in your wellness. Why? Because it's important to invest in your wellness because that influences the legacy that you leave behind and it influences our next generation, right? Showing them that they too can live a happy, healthy, wholehearted life. So check out our Patreon community, find a tier that works best for you and join us there. That's patreon.com forward slash balance period. Another way that you can support us is by visiting our website. So balanceperiod.com not only explains more about what we do with educators, with entrepreneurs, and with organizations, but it also has free resources that you can tap into that will help you continue to learn, grow, and be the change that you want to see in your community. So check out balanceperiod.com and connect with us. Wouldn't it be nice to have a reminder to pause, breathe, and reconnect to the present moment? You can now get yourself a piece of mindful merch from the Balance Period store that will help you do just that. Each item in our store rocks our logo, which is designed to prompt you to pause, observe a deep breath, and remember that you are whole and you are enough, and you have everything you need in this moment to experience peace, regardless of what's happening outside of your control. As a listener of this podcast, you get free shipping on any order from the Balance Period store. Just use the code PODCAST at checkout to get your discount. Visit shop.balanceperiod.com and get your mindful merch today. That's shop.balanceperiod.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about good stress. If you're listening to us right now, I did the quote unquote around the word good. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can definitely see that. But we, as we talked about to start the month, stress isn't necessarily good or bad, but there are ways that we can utilize stress to create an adaptive environment within us, right? So something that allows us to develop and to grow based on the stress that we experience, We briefly talked about that last week, but it was more connected to trauma. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about intentional ways that both Nick and I go about creating a stressful environment for ourselves to promote our growth and our wellness. Before we talk more about that, though, we're going to do a brief recap on where we have been up until this point. So the first episode to start off Stress Awareness Month was literally just breaking down stress what it was, what it wasn't, and just offering up ways that we can shift our mindset around stress so that we can understand its neutrality and ultimately create a different experience for ourselves. That definition that we ended on was stress is merely anticipating or experiencing adversity in our goal-related efforts. That guides us to then the next episode, so last episode when we were talking about actually ways that we can leverage the stress that we experience to enhance our wellness and to enhance our growth, right, and development. And we talked about in that mindset shift, understanding that we only stress about what we care about. 
So by going through the process of acknowledging the stress we experience, embracing the stress that we experience, and then utilizing that stress response that we have, we're able to leverage stress in a way that promotes our wellness and that promotes our growth, right? And that was generally associated with the things that are normally looked at as negative around stress. So today, we are literally focusing our attention on ways that both Nick and I go about intentionally stressing ourselves out for our growth and development. So Nick, are you ready to have this conversation about quote unquote good stress? Yeah, I'm excited to share some philosophies in this area. Yeah, for sure. And so in just looking up on on Google, right, like some of ways to promote your wellness using stress, some of the things that came up were exercise, were like hot or cold exposure. Um, Others were like restricting the time that we eat. So having it at like a smaller window when we eat. So we literally are stressing ourselves out by being hungry, right? And so there are various different ways that you can go about this. And, And what those three that I just mentioned actually were linked to was our longevity. So us literally living a longer and healthier life based on exposing ourselves to what they were naturally labeled as were like minor stresses, right? Not things that are, you know, that are major, but just minor stress that we put on ourselves. And so what I started to think about was like, well, how do I go about doing that? And what I realized was that I was doing it in ways that were similar to what was discussed, but I also was doing it in ways that were more so tapped into like my mind and like, understanding that I literally put my mind under stress sometimes in an intentional way so that I can strengthen my ability to maintain a mindful perspective. So uh, before we dive a little bit deeper into what Nick and I both do, we wanted to make sure that we communicated to you that everything that we talk about in this episode are things that work for us, the things that, that we have tried, things that we have consulted with our wellness team, um, and I would say for me, my wellness team is me. Um, <laughs> I, that's why I, I was waiting for you to be done. I was like, my wellness team. <laughs> I have other people on my wellness team now, but a lot of what we'll talk about today just came from self-awareness, right? As we talk about all the time, self-awareness is the prerequisite for self-care. So it's, I'm so in tune with me and I've studied myself enough to know what may work, what may not. And I go about trying out different things based on that. But regardless, right, you are the one responsible for your wellness. We will express, right, some of the ways that we went about starting some of these practices and things in our lives, just so that you're aware of the journey that we took. But I would say just be intentional about what you take with you from this episode, um, because you are you are doing some things that that would be uncomfortable and your relationship with uncomfortability is going to influence the outcomes that you get from these experiences. So, all right. Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, Just (laughs) go ahead and just talk a little bit about your relationship with putting your body and or mind under stress up until this point in your life. And so just to add one more to the end of our uh, list of disclaimers, I like to say that I'm very big on experimenting with myself. So the stuff that I'm about to talk about right now come from me experimenting with me. I don't advise that for everybody. It's just something that I've always done. It's like, if I'm going to try it, I might as well try it on myself. So my relationship with stress, man, I would say 
the best thing that I did for me was let go of the term stress as a whole. I no longer began to label things as stress. And the reason why is because I understood the mental relationship I had with that word. I understood that I only knew it as bad. I only knew it as something I needed to get away from. And as long as I knew it that way, yeah, there is the time of changing your thought on this. And I was like, why do that when I just get rid of the word altogether? It's just not an absolute. I don't have to have it. And so what I just started to do was I started to just look at my situations entirely differently. And this was more so when I was a bodybuilder back when I used to just eat weights for a living. And all I would do is just lift. And I realized that I didn't have to think of, oh, this is getting hard. This is that. No, all I knew in my head was I'm growing. That's it. That's my only goal was to grow, was to feel good and grow. And that's all I would do, just focus on that the whole time. There was no like, oh, this is too hard. This is too much. I realized that it wasn't so much of that I was dealing with stress. It was just my relationship with the word itself. And by removing that from the equation, I was now had a greater perspective within the activities that I would go out to accomplish. And I wouldn't allow that concept to kind of hold me back. And now I just I view it as not even good or bad when I explain it to other people. But for me, it was just a non-existent thing now. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm not even going to do it no more altogether. Gotcha. gotcha. So what are some of the ways that you've gone about putting yourself under I mean, we'll continue to use the word stress just because that's yeah, no, the yeah, name of this episode. <laughs> but putting yourself under stress, right, aside from exercise to mm-hmm. promote growth and development in your life. I mean, I know I'll use so I'll use this as an example, but I do this in other areas of my life, too. So I'll just use cold showers as an example. And the biggest thing is to put myself in a situation that will more than not cause me to react in that moment. I think cold showers is a really good example of that, because when you're taking a hot shower and you turn that to ice cold, the first thing that you want to do is jump, move and get out the way. But if you can pause right there and take some deep breaths and realize and the phrase I say to myself is I'm not about to die. It it can't kill me. It's okay." And that's kind of how I would reassure myself. And when you can do that, you realize, whoa. I don't have to react the way I do. It's like you get to know yourself on an even deeper level at that point. And so then as you begin to do stuff like that consistently, it translates more over into your life in other areas. So then when I would lift weights now, I'm just out there just getting big because it's like there's nothing there to cause some type of resistance, I'll say, because I've already went through it by putting myself through it. Yeah, I definitely to utilize cold exposure as a way to develop mental discipline. Um, there's, it's interesting because with cold exposure, there's also like biological benefits to the shivering that is associated with being cold. Um, and so it's like you get more physical benefits from allowing yourself to experience it and to shiver, but you get like mental discipline benefits from like not shivering and just literally like neutralizing your response to the cold that you're feeling, which is really interesting. Um, because yeah. I have I've done cold exposure in a couple different ways. One is showers. I normally do a contrast shower. So I start off with it, you know, the water warm. I lather myself up and then I put the water on cold and then that's how I rinse myself off. And similar to what you were describing early on, it was like a oh, this is cold, this is cold, this is cold, this is cold. Like I I I was literally doing what I could to get through it as fast as possible. But what I made I made it to a point mentally to say is there a way that I can appreciate this cold, right? So I'm putting myself under stress and then utilizing the 
belief that I have in the value of appreciating the life that I have. And I was able to say, well, I can recognize the full worth of this experience because in this moment, I got soap all over me. And this water, even though it's cold, is serving a useful purpose by getting this soap off. Instantly, I kid you not, when I went through that thought process in my mind, my ability to just be in that cold completely shifted. It was like a, I, I appreciated it for what it was, um, which then, you know, promoted my ability to sit in it, to be with it, to accept it, um, which was powerful for me mentally. And I was going to add in, like with the cold showers, you had brought up shivering and that was another part of it. So when I would do the cold showers and I would shiver, I used to think that I was doing something wrong. Like, nah, I shouldn't be shivering like that. I should have control over my body, this and that. But it was so much more powerful when I decided that now I'm just going to notice in these situations. And so mm-hmm. being in that situation, I decided just to watch my body. And I watched my body go through the whole process of shivering and this and that. And instead of identifying with it, I just experienced it. And even that in and of itself was like, whoa. Like, there's just there's so much more within the world that we live in that we're just too caught up in our heads to realize, like, the present moment really does have so much for us to explore. For sure. For sure. Just to stay on this cold exposure for a moment, one of the other ways that I used to participate in cold exposure more frequently was when I was working at the recovery room with the cryotherapy chamber. And the benefits, you know, of cryotherapy, from what I experienced, there, there's still, you know, more science that, that is coming out, you know, around it. But the fact that you put yourself in this environment that instantly puts your body into this fight or flight mode. Because it's like, yo, it is like, we're not supposed to be this cold. (laughs) Um, Has just immense benefits on your well-being. Like one of the things that I remembered so often were the people that would come in and try our services to try out cryotherapy. And to say, yo, I have had trouble sleeping for I don't know how long. And I got the best night's sleep that I have in a very long time after coming in here and doing uh, a cryotherapy session. And so for me, even though, right, there's still studies and things coming out on the exact benefits, understanding that through putting yourself through, in this case, right, this stress of being cold in a world where we have glamorized being comfortable, being warm all the time, like we're tapping into something that is, um, man, that's more primordial, I should say, something that our ancestors experienced regularly because they didn't have the comforts that we have right our bodies evolved to be able to grow from the experiences that our ancestors had in being cold but when we take that out of our daily lives we technically take away opportunities for ourselves to enhance our wellness from uncomfortability and so I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, and actually, just sidebar, one of the other things that I have done, um, I used to utilize float tanks um, back in the day when the recovery room had float tanks. And there was one day that normally the water is like flowing and that keeps it warm. But for some reason, it wasn't. And I had already went through the process of, you know, getting ready to hop in. And when I put my foot in, it was cold. And I was like, Oh, I'm not about to do this. And at that point in my life, I was like, nah, like, this is just your experience today. You're about to get in this cold water. And I was just like, okay. And I remember getting in that cold water and laying in it. And I was shivering. 
I was shivering just uncontrollably. And what I told myself was, hey, when you make it to a point to where you can just be here without shivering, you can get out. And I think I stayed in there for maybe like three or four minutes. And I was able to stop shivering. And I got out. And it was a, just a powerful experience for me. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not recommending anyone just to go lay in a cold tub. But cold plungers are also a way to expose yourself to cold and get some of the benefits that we were mentioning before. So just wanted to throw that little um, that little tidbit in there because that was another way that um, I have participated in, in cold exposure too. It's time to take your sustainable self-care system to another level. We partnered with Whoop so you can get the latest and most advanced health and fitness wearable on the market for free. With the all-new Whoop 4.0, you will get the most accurate measurements of how the self-care habits you practice influence the quality of your life. You can finally take the guesswork out of deciding which self-care habits will actually help you feel good and function at your best. Visit join.whoop.com forward slash balance period and order your free Whoop 4.0 today. That's join.whoop.com forward slash balance period enjoy the rest of the show okay so let's move to exercise early on i mentioned that that was one of the ways that we can promote our longevity um, and you know stress ourselves out in a way that promotes growth but you also mentioned that you participated in that as well is that something that you still tap into and if so how do you go about stressing yourself out um, in that way to promote your your growth through exercise man I'm at a whole, so it's so funny to think about it now. Like I was working out yesterday and thought about it. I was like, I remember like I used to eat weights and now I do all calisthenic stuff. And it's like a completely different monster because I never realized how weak my body was. And so now I have this whole relationship with myself to where I'll do horse stance, try to do it for like 10 minutes what as I'm that? standing there. So that's when you stand about shoulders width apart and you get down like a semi squat position and you just flex your entire body and hold it and you just stay there. And it's working all the muscles from the bottom of your ankles all the way up to whatever you're flexing up top. And that's just, it's one of those, I'm really big into like Eastern practices. And so that's just one of them that I saw online. So I just added into the things that I do. And as I do it, I would sit there and the first thing that goes is my legs start shaking. I'm talking about my legs start going on vibrate, something crazy. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now my body knows what we're doing. It used to be, oh my gosh, how long can I hold this? I'm going to fall down and this and that. But now over time it's become, okay, cool. I know what my body's going through right now. All right, cool. So I can still stay here. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, I made it more of a discovery when I do my exercises now, rather than me trying to just accomplish moving this weight or doing this many reps or sets. It's more of a, oh, my body's starting to give out right now, but can I make it keep going? And it's a relationship that I built with myself as I started to train that got me to a space to where I've never been in before. Like I don't really count how many times I'm doing something. It's just how long can my body sustain what I'm doing at this time. And if I feel like it's going to give up, can I push it past that point? How far past that point can I push it? And for me, that's made working out like way more fun now. It's just, it's its own experience. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that connection that we're able to have with ourselves, like we can learn so much about ourselves from being intentional about what we're doing in the moments when we are exercising and like really yeah. tuning in to our body's responses, our mind's responses, bro. Okay, so I've been lifting since like 2014. I remember early on, right, like there was adversity that I faced in my initial exercise, you know, prescription that I created for myself. 
And in my mind, I remember there were days where like my body would just be tired. And yes, I did not have the same recovery practices that I do now. So if I, if I did, maybe this would be different. But regardless, my mind would be like, bro, I, you, you don't need to go to the gym today. You good. Like you've been working out all week. Right? You, you're fine. There were things internally that were happening both to get like for me to not go to the gym and even in the gym. It's like I planned on doing this many reps, but my mind is saying, oh, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're good. Tap out. But my body could go more. So understanding, right, this relationship between your mind and body, I mean, it's enhanced when you're consistently tapping into both and being aware of the relationship that you currently have. And then aligning the way that you respond mentally and physically, right, with what it is that you want to see from the experience of you exercising. So, yeah, I think that um, understanding that aspect of this, you know, quote unquote, good stress, it really brings this mind body connection together if you're able to be intentional in those moments when you're exercising, for sure. Yeah. And I would also like to add in, like, with the working out part, one thing to remember is that our brain tries to make our life as pleasurable as possible. Like, we look for that. And that's something to remember when you're working out and when you feel like you want to quit at that time. It's just that, just remind yourself, oh, this is my brain trying to find the easiest way for me to experience my current reality. Now, I don't want that right now. I want this, I want to create this good stress for myself. For sure. For sure. And I will say, be not cautious, but be intentional about the setting that you're in if you choose to work to failure. Um, Make sure that you have people around you that can support you um, in those moments. Because if you work to failure by yourself, you can definitely injure yourself or hurt yourself. Um, So just consult with and, you know, an exercise professional um, if you want to take your body to that space. And you don't have to work to failure in order to, you know, experience the good stress associated with exercise you can literally do something as simple as what i do <laughs> which every morning well six days a week i set a timer for five minutes and i do as many burpees as i can that's one of the current ways that i put my body under stress and i've been averaging no. probably between, <laughs> i've been averaging between over the last couple of weeks between 75 and 80 burpees in that five minutes I don't want to do it every morning. Some mornings I'm wake up and I'm like, let's do these burpees today. But maybe two out of the, you know, two to three out of the six days, I'm like, I don't want to do no burpees this morning. But do I do the burpees? (laughs) Yeah, I sure do. The benefit, though, that I've experienced, I keep track of my like body composition through it's called Fit Index. It's an app that's paired to a scale that kind of scans and uses a bioelectrical impedance. You don't need to know that word to scan what's happening inside of me. And what I noticed from last month to this month, I've gained. So I went from like I gained like three pounds and I pretty much gained three pounds of muscle over the last month from being consistent nice. with my eating, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And with doing these burpees. I really didn't exercise as much as I normally do. I didn't go to the gym as often, but just doing these burpees really shifted my body to to get yoked over the last month. So we'll see what happens next you. month, but but yeah. 
Hey, did you did you work out at Marion with me the time where we had to hold the weights above our heads, the forty five pound plates? Shout out to Vern. It, it was, <laughs> shout out to Vern. <laughs> it was either do that or do like eighty burpees, and I was like, nah, bro, I'm holding these weights. I I don't know what it is in my relationship with burpees. Maybe because of being me being tall. I know Raymond's tall too, so it's not an excuse, but it's just my past has just been like, nah, this is not the exercise for me. Like I'd rather hold a weight above my head, get punched in the stomach as many times as it takes to not have to do burpees. Lord. Yeah, those were good times. I think he's still there, too. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, no, he's, he has his own gym and stuff now. You're doing good. Shout oh, out. nice. Now, yeah, shout out to Vern. Yeah. Shout out to Vern. All right. So the last thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about, and I know I wanted to share it because it's something that I've been recently doing, but this kind of restricted eating, right? That's something that was also done, I mean, by like necessity. They were kind of forced to back in the day, right? Our ancestors, they didn't always have food. They didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have fridges. They didn't have like just this abundance of food. And so there were times when they went hungry. And what our bodies were able to do was develop this ability to optimize our internal processes from being hungry. But now we don't put ourselves under that kind of stress because it's like if we're hungry, it's bad. You think about like a kid. You, they use these commercials to get money from people, right? They got a hungry looking kid and you like, oh, and I think it's natural for everyone to be like, I don't want this kid to be hungry. But there are benefits from intentionally, right? Going hungry a little bit. And so what I've been doing recently has been, so I talked about how last month I kind of cut out my breakfast. I started to eat like eggs and I actually noticed that like my body wasn't, changing in a positive way from that. So I literally just took that back out. And now in the mornings, like I'll, I'll do my supplements. So I, I will say it's important to be nourished. Don't just not, you know, eat and never consume any, you know, nutrients because you won't be able to sustain yourself that way. But currently now I wake up, I, you know, make sure I drink water. I have greens that I drink. I have vitamins that I take. And then I may eat a, a handful of a cashews, so like some nuts. But Recently, I haven't been eating. I've pretty much been limiting myself to like one meal a day. And it's pretty much just a dinner. But I go through the day of being hungry. And what I've been doing has just been paying attention to that experience that I have with being hungry. Like, and hunger. In my mind, am I telling myself, oh, you have to eat something or else fill in the blank. (laughs) Or am I like, you know, this is what I'm experiencing right now. And that's okay. And so I've been really intentional about that. It's only it's been a couple of weeks now that I've been doing that specifically. I have already been really only eating two meals a day. Like my first meal is normally at around like 12 or one. And then I have dinner. Um, but I've been experimenting a little bit with myself personally on restricting my eating even more and just limiting it to one meal a day. And now I'll be able to measure from this month to next month what happened internally right with me from making this adjustment to my diet. So that is a way, too, that you can put yourself under stress in a good way um, to promote your wellness and your growth over time. So, Nick, go ahead and talk a little bit because I know that you you fast. So I haven't yep. done a fast before. I have done like cleanses to where I just did juice. But talk about your experience with fasting and some of the benefits that you have felt like you've gotten from that experience. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, as we've talked about, or we've mentioned it with all the things we talked about, my biggest benefit is the connection I've made with myself, like understanding and learning my body more. So I'm someone who, like Ray said, too, I've been doing it maybe a little bit longer, but I've been doing like one meal a day for the most part. I do some snacks, but I'll be completely transparent with you all. So I recently had like an eczema outbreak and it was like on my chest and all the way down to my stomach. I'm talking about my skin got extremely itchy, scratchy, all that stuff. And it was interesting because I noticed that the only thing that really changed around that time was how I was eating when I would fast. And so basically, I don't really eat from, I'm going to say like 9 p.m. until like 1 p.m. the next day. And so by the time I was eating, yeah, I'm fasting. So, yeah, my body's doing all the good stuff. But when I would eat, I would eat some chips, some chicken strips and maybe some ice cream or something else. Like I'm only giving myself processed things. And after doing that for a couple of weeks, it's like, oh, my gosh, I broke out. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. As soon as I noticed that, I change it. And now I'm in the process of healing like I'm Gucci now. And so it was. it's really interesting to be able to have that kind of relationship with your body to, to notice when you change something, to see something happens, and then to go make a change with that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting to be able to build that relationship with yourself by just noticing how you eat. Yeah, most definitely. And that's what we talk about often, right? This level of awareness that you have. And I know we talk about it in our coaching program. I'll list out the things that we recommend you pay attention to, but be aware of what goes on in your mind and body. I talked about for me, I have an app that I turn to, um, multiple apps that I turn to to help me with that. Pay closer attention and be aware of how you choose to spend your time and energy. Like what habits are you practicing? Pay closer attention to how you respond to what you experience, both internally and externally. And then lastly, pay closer attention to the quality of what you consume, whether that's food, whether that's beverages, whether that's what you listen to, what you watch, what you read, what are you consuming and what's the quality of what you're consuming? When you pay attention to that, then you will be able to notice connections between your quality of life and the different things that you're spending your time and energy in and consuming all you'll you'll see these connections and then you'll be able to make more informed decisions about adjustments that you can make to promote your wellness and to help you incrementally improve your quality of life over time so yeah i think that that is i would say that's one of the biggest takeaways from today's episode right this our ability to utilize this quote-unquote good stress to enhance the relationship that we have with ourselves so that we can more effectively care for ourselves and improve our quality of life over time. So that's the last thing that I have. Nick, is there anything that you want to leave everyone with today? This is a journey. Be kind to yourself. As I've said before in the past, I'm not a huge goal-oriented person because I like to just experience the journey as a whole. And the journey to me is the best part. So don't get too hard on yourself when you're trying to accomplish something and it's not happening right now. Give yourself some time. Most definitely. So for me, we are unable to fill anyone else's cup if our cup is empty. So be sure to prioritize time for self-care. Continue to learn, continue to grow, and develop your sustainable self-care system. Lastly, you don't have to be perfect in order to be great. So be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself as you travel along this journey of becoming the change that you want to see in your community and in the world around you. Thank you all once again for tuning into this episode of the Balance Period Podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next week for our next show. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Balance Period Podcast. If this was your first time listening, welcome. 
we ask that you listen to three episodes of the show and pull out one thing that you learn from each to incorporate into your daily lives. If you are a returning listener, we appreciate your continued support. As you know, all we ask is that you take something that you learn from today's episode and use it to continue to develop your sustainable self-care system. For both new and long-time listeners, there's one more thing that we ask. Don't just take what you learn to improve your quality of life. Share this show with one other person so they can do the same. Lastly, be sure to prioritize time each day to pause, breathe, and remember that you are whole and you are enough. And you have everything you need in this moment to experience peace, regardless of what's happening outside of your control. Enjoy the rest of your day.